0: Welcome all you good movie buddies to another episode of the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for people who love and live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other various movie snacks. As usual, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and with me as usual is our other good movie buddy, The Canadian Machine, Darth Canada, Mr. David Melhorn.
1: How are we doing today?
0: I'm doing all right. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. I recovered from my midnight
0: showing. Yeah, I recovered from my my 7:45 p.m. showing, which still went to like 11, anyways. But granted, you got out AMC three. actually
1: broke their tradition. Did they? You know how we always say they do exactly 20 minutes. They did more. They did more. Yeah, they I did. had like 26 minutes. Yeah, the they furloughs.
0: did. We. We usually love going to AMC because we know we have, like, we at the very least have, number one, they have, at least in Arizona, every theater's reserved seating and recliner seats, which is the only way to watch movies now. I'm very spoiled. I think we're, we're all very spoiled in that regard. But number two, we know that there's, like, a buffer so that even if we do show up late, we have, like, 20, 25 minutes. And usually you're right. Usually it is a solid 20 minutes. But they threw two, I think, two extra trailers in there. For this one, and really, really got their money's worth. But of course, beyond all of that, the whole theater experience that we're talking about is Star Wars The Last Jedi. Our previous episode was all about hyping it, all about discussing it, what it's about. And now that we've both seen it, it's time to break it down. And obviously, you know, this is a movie that is going to require I mean, it could almost require two whole episodes. Just spoilers and non-spoilers. But we're going to split this in half. As usual, we're going to start with our non-spoiler thoughts of the film. Um, just breaking down probably just basic plot points. Uh, because I feel like the trailers even like barely told you what this movie is about. Um, and then we're going to get into the spoiler-heavy stuff in the the back half of this episode. But let's just start off right off the bat, David. Uh, I I know we don't normally do it this way but let's start right off the bat with giving it your popcorn rating so just cold cold open no no nah. no talking no diverging no commentary what's your popcorn rating on the last Jedi
1: I'm gonna go movie popcorn yeah it's it's not quite perfect popcorn for yeah? me it's it's very close it's it's it would be like in between the two yeah um I really enjoyed it. Um, obviously huge Star Wars fan I think it delivered on continuing to add more and more depth to the universe Mm -hmm. Um, introducing some great characters Um, continuing on the story I think for me you know obviously one of the concerns was is this going to be like Empire version 2 Sure. and because Force Awakens you won't convince me that that wasn't Almost the identical. There are story very large to... sweeping strokes. Yes, yes. So I was, you know, I love Empire Strikes Back, but I was hopeful that we wouldn't just get a reboot of sure. it with the new characters, and I don't think that's what it was. I think, uh, I think they took this film in a lot of ways, a l- very different than what they had treated uh-huh. any other Star Wars film before, um, which I think is why it's probably been very controversial a little yeah, bit yeah. amongst the audience critics all loved it Right, um, go figure Natch. but the audience seemed to be a little bit more split this one seems to be one of the more divisive star wars out there
0: yeah that's a i mean that's oddly enough it really does and i think i'm right with you on that as well we don't really have a 0.5 rating in our popcorn system it's usually burnt stale microwave movie or perfect popcorn and, but but I'm I, I think you're right I'm hovering right in between somewhere between movie theater popcorn and perfect popcorn like it's a Star Wars movie it's one of the most technically impressive films that you should be able to go see in the biggest loudest theater as possible and and this film in particular has some of what I think to be some of the best action sequences in the entire saga. Yeah. There is some great stuff here. Um, and yet at the same time, it's long as fuck. Like, it is it is really long. It is. There are moments where it kind of feels like it's treading water a little bit. And it does m- take some hard, you know, turns where you might not expect it. Now, we're not going to get into those turns, you know, right now. Um, but first and foremost like one of the things that i i wanted to talk about i wanted to skip right ahead to the storytelling into the plot um just just to kind of break it down very simplistically because ultimately there is literally only one plot happening and it's basically a chase Uh it's basically in the force awakens uh the First Order wiped out the Republic, which I thought was really, and I know I mentioned this in our previous podcast, I thought it was really just glazed over. Like, they just destroyed, like, eight planets and destroyed democracy in the galaxy, and nobody really had time to talk about that. Um, And in this one, it's like, oh, shit. Like, the Resistance is down to, like,
1: four ships. Well, it'd be, like, the equivalent to, like, someone blowing up New York, L.A., Dallas. Right. You know, all the big major cities. Like, and (laughs) we're just going to kind of glaze past this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, those, that was a huge, I mean, they never really established those planets to begin with. Number One, which I feel like was a a misstep on the Force Awakens part. But essentially, this happens literally seconds. This movie starts literally seconds after the Force Awakens. Where the resistance is on the run from the first order, the first order is chasing them, um, and then all of the little subplots break off from there. And I thought that was interesting. That it's actually a really simple plot. Like we gotta escape. Yep. They're on us. They're gonna kill us. We're running out of fuel, which I thought was a really, really good um, ticking clock device, which is what a lot of people, you know, the, it, it, it. it yeah, it's a ticking clock. It's eventually the bomb's going to go off. Yep. Eventually they're going to run out of fuel. Um, and I really I thought that was really effective. Um, and then everything splits off from there. You have Finn and newcomer uh, Rose, uh, played by Kelly Marie Tran, and BB-8. And they go off on this mission to try and disable the First Order's tracking. You have the internal power struggle with Poe. Um, and Holdo, who's played by Laura Dern, and how they feel like they should be basically handling the situation, and then of course, most obviously, you have Ray on the island with Luke, trying to not only learn more about herself, but trying to get him to join the fight, you know, um, and every, but ultimately everything is just based around the survival of the resistance. Yep, and I like that. I, you know, I don't know how you felt about it, but I like that despite all of the plates that it was spinning and all of the balls that the movie was juggling. Ultimately, it was really simple, like get away.
1: Yeah, they did. I feel like they did in a lot of ways simplify the story mm-hmm. and then complicated it at the same time. Oh, so, boy. They did, like, they. Yeah, it's it's the the baseline of it, like you said, is a chase trying to catch one side, trying to kill the other, right. one side trying to get away right. and regroup. And that's, at the end of the day, everything that, the the main thing that's happening, like none of these other things matter if they don't get away, basically. Sure. Um, but at the same time, like, there's a whole lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> there is. Which is why it's two and a half plus hours long. Yeah, there
0: is. There is a lot of, there's a lot of digressions. You know, there's a lot of different themes being talked about and things on display here. Um, And so that kind of leads to the second point, which we listed off a bunch of them, and they all kind of go off on their own little sub-adventures, but it's the characters and the actors. Um, And I think for the most part, everybody did really, really well. Um, I'd have to say, and I wish I I, I didn't get a chance to go back and listen to our last episode and talk about who we thought were going to be the breakout stars. Um. I think I got one really, really wrong, but I was also – I was anticipating my two favorites at least were um, were Poe and were Kylo. I think in terms of characters and performances, those were two of the more layered ones. I think Oscar Isaac and I think Adam Driver had such complex characters in this film because we're so used to Star Wars being simple good guys versus bad guys, yeah. right? And the motivations are always different. The motivations are always power and and the fight against power, whatever. And it's not that simple anymore, you know. I thought I, th- I really thought that Poe's whole storyline um, with dealing with the leadership or lack thereof in the Resistance was a, that's really unique for a Star Wars movie. I felt like, yeah. um, and Kylo, we'll get into spoilers even more. But that dude is even more layered and complex than I anticipated.
1: Yeah, well, I think, you know, and I remember my two. I had Rose and DJ, um, so Benicio Del Toro yeah. and and Kelly Marie Tran. But I remember my thing more about them was they'd be like the memorable or the like, the new characters that like people wanted to see more from. Right. From that standpoint. Right. I don't and know it,
0: that that's necessarily true.
1: I don't know about that with Rose. For me, I loved Benicio in this movie. Did you? Like, I really enjoyed his character. Um, I would love if he was back more. I would love when Benicio's all crazy, goofy, like...
0: Yeah, he's like, oh, Benicio, he looks relatively normal. Yeah. Like, he's got a normal haircut. He's wearing a pretty normal outfit. But then, of course, like, he's got to give the character, like, the weird vocal, like, stutter yeah. that he does. Yep, yep. Um, I liked a lot. Uh, I like Benicio a lot as well, despite the fact that his character's not in it as much as maybe I would have liked. Yeah.
1: Um, But I think my thing with it, and we'll talk about this a lot on this, is that I feel like... A lot of this movie was setting up for more movies. Um, Probably. Whether that includes some of this is directly setting up Ryan Johnson's trilogy that he's going to do. I don't know. But, I mean, I could see Benicio reliving this character multiple times. You know, kind of like, you know, and I know this is the easy comparison, but like The Collector and and Guardians and things like that. You know, so... Um, Benicio's getting them Disney checks right, right? Good Absolutely. for Benicio Absolutely <laughs> But I mean there's also a lot of things I mean you could make some some ties Without getting into the spoilers To even how Han was in the early episodes Of uh or very start of the yeah. Star Wars franchise yeah. To what Benicio was
0: Yeah that's so. kind of what I thought I thought it was basically The darkest timeline version of, of Han
1: Yeah like if Han didn't conscious didn't end up. <laughs> right, right. And, <laughs> and well like
0: story. you said, we'll 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 delve more deep into spoilers, but that's exactly what he felt like to me. He felt like darkest timeline Han basically. Um now as now that's those are all the new characters. Um and and you know, I'd be remiss if if I didn't mention that I was actually more impressed with Rose than I thought. I thought she was she she was obviously put in to be sort of the the beating heart of that storyline and to represent the heart of the the idea of the resistance yeah um and i did not anticipate liking rose at all like from everything that i saw i just wasn't interested i was like all right we got enough characters already but for uh, you know i actually wound up liking her quite a bit i don't know that she's i'm gonna go and buy her action figure no but as a character and as an emotional character i thought she was really good.
1: Yeah, i mean i think i think i think she was good in it. I think um also even though he was technically in the first one, you've got more snoke or uh than you did in the first one. Yeah, so we, did. we saw a lot of him, saw a lot of Andy Serkis. Yep. Um and i thought it was good. I mean Yeah, i really like Cri- Snoke. I thought
0: I, he was good. I like Snoke cuz he's i i like Snoke a yeah. lot. Uh, without Snoke is probably the one that you have to tread the most careful over when it comes to spoilers yeah. and whatnot.
1: We won't talk too much on him until we get to the no, spoilers. suffice
0: section. to say that I liked what he was about, and I was and I was his his journey and his sort of character arc was easily the most unexpected.
1: Yeah, um, I would agree
0: easily. Um, and now, obviously, we haven't even talked about the two biggest ones. The two we haven't talked about: Luke and Leia. Yep. Um, And I think that I, I have some very interesting thoughts or I have some very divisive thoughts on maybe the themes of this movie and the way that Luke and Leia are maybe portrayed uh, for the majority of this film. But going just by performances, crush it. Yeah. like I Mark think they Hammel's, both were great. Mark Hamill crushes it. Uh, and Carrie Fisher is fantastic as well. Yeah. Um, and they have a couple of really good moments in the film that are like, oh, shit, like this is Leia from like this is Leia from episode four. That Oh, that's Luke. Like where you recognize.
1: Well, it's hard with uh, it's hard with Leia, with Carrie Fisher's Leia, because let's think back to like the first three that she was in. Yeah. She was, you know. I guess the if you're gonna say someone had the sex appeal of of the first ones, like she was like people liked Princess Leia for that, but she also was like that feisty like Yeah, she was the sassy badass. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's hard when someone's so much older than what they were and we're playing the storyline because there's certain aspects that have to be a little bit different, even just Purely in her her voice, like, right. she sounds way different than what she did. Well, Carrie Fisher then.
0: did a lot of smoke in between, like, Return of the I Jedi. I know. And, well, and uh, that's, well, and that's the thing, is, like, <laughs> there's
1: certain things, like, you're, like, you have to kind of take it, you have to go, like, motherly. You have to, like, change her almost into a motherly she, type role. Yeah,
0: she kind of came off as, like, a sassy aunt.
1: Yeah. You know, like in a way, like that's how I think. They still gave it. her some sass for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. More than what you saw from her in Force Awakens.
0: Yeah, yeah. She definitely got a lot more to do. You yeah. know, both of them did from what they did in Force Awakens, which wasn't hard for Mark Hamill. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, And, and you know, just technically speaking, I think this film is, is amazing. I think you know, it's one of the better looking Star Wars films just in terms of shot composition and cinematography and whatnot. Like, there are some really, really excellent visual scenes involved. Um, Like, uh, for example, I mean, just the entire Battle on Crate is just so visually interesting with the white and the red. And and I
1: think what you saw from that was them, like, making a specific effort to make something memorable like and i think that probably comes a little bit from ryan johnson obviously yeah um because if you think of looper like it was you know visually there was a lot of like very memorable visual right aspects of it like it's a pretty film from that standpoint oh yeah um and while star wars has always been heavy with like the technical cgi you know planets and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um this one seemed to like not rely as heavily on it I know a lot of that is still computer generated and, yeah. and CGI but yeah. it looked a lot more you know I guess real from that standpoint well they
0: built a ton of sets there was <laughs> they built more practical creatures for this film than any other Star Wars film before um I literally just read an article a couple days ago that said star uh, George Lucas came to visit the set and he asked, why they were building so many sets yeah which it's like of course george lucas would ask that um so there was a lot that was like real tangible stuff that's there and
1: and to me i think it paid off
0: yeah big time because it makes it feel real i mean it just that's one of the reasons that the force awakens and the last jedi were so successful at continuing the feeling of the original trilogy is because they didn't go all green screen like the prequels did the prequels have this gloss and this shine to them that just wouldn't feel right in these movies, you know? Um, but, and, I mean, going the at, like, we already mentioned the action sequences. I think the crate action sequence is pretty damn good. I think the opening battle was one of the best space battles yeah, was- in in the series. The shit that Poe does in his X-wing was like I was like, yeah. Yeah. He he banks that one turn and it, I literally almost started clapping. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um there's some really really good action sequences in here. Um the uh I mean, obviously this film's going to have a lightsaber fight and that was badass like Every, every major action. It's basically, what, three major action sequences in the entire film, sort of? I mean, we could say maybe four or five yeah. if you pick the small ones. But you got the opening battle. You got uh, the, the lightsaber sequence. You got the, the final battle. And they're all fantastic. Like, they're all so well-filmed, well-composed, well-put-together. Just really, really, really great action filmmaking on display here. But that isn't to say that it's a perfect film. No. There's a lot of interesting shit going on here that, you know, let's talk about. Man, I don't want to get into too many spoilers. So let's talk about the characters. Obviously, some characters got the short end of the shaft.
1: Well, why don't we just move into this spoiler section? You want to just this? get right yeah.
0: into it? So that's so, so right at like 20 minutes, let's just put it out there right now because it's hard to not talk about it without talking about spoilers. This is very difficult for us. And I thought we'd done a pretty good job here. But if you don't want to know anything else about The Last Jedi, just take just know that, just remember the quote from the trailer. This is not going to go the way you think. (laughs) That quote is as much said to Rey as it is to the audience. It is a really, really damn good Star Wars movie. It's a little long. Some of the characters, oh, David's getting a call. Some of the characters are are new and interesting. Some of the characters get a little bit shortchanged. The action's fantastic, but I would encourage anybody who goes to sees the goes and sees the Last Jedi, do not go in with, just throw your expectations out on the door. This is not your typical Star Wars saga movie. I think that that's really important to
1: note. But it's great movie. Got to see it in theaters. You definitely got. to see it There is no theaters. no option to wait for video on. If this
0: no, one. nothing else, like two hundred million dollars worth of people are going to see this movie. Everybody in the world's going to see it. Just this weekend. You're not going to see it. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. So with that being said, literally the, the the rest of this podcast is going to be spoiler central. So turn it off right now because we're going to get into it big time. Um and and I guess you know let's start with some of the I guess we'll lead it off with what we didn't like or some of the things that we didn't like with the film. Um, and I just kind of wanted to start with the short characters. We brought up one already. Captain Phasma is basically a non-entity, which is, I guess, fine.
1: Well, I think the hard part with Phasma is that Phasma gets pretty good play in the first one. Yeah, she's around. She's around pretty regularly. Yeah. And you kind of think, like, okay, she's going to be, continue to be like this antagonist for Finn. Right. Um, and, you know, kind of like in a way you could say Boba Fett was for sure. Solo, sure. you know, in continuing to, to try to hunt him down. Um, and I think they gave her the fancy armor, uh-huh. you know. All that kind of stuff. You expect her to have a little bit more to her. Right. Um, I think, funny enough, like when I first walked out of the movie, I remember you saying, like, I can't wait for the Finn-Phasma fight. Like, that looks that awesome. Trailer, that trailer looks moment was awesome. badass. And I just remember when that fight ended being like, well, Rick's probably going to be a little bit disappointed That's on that. That's it. Like, uh and don't get me wrong it was
0: fucking short dude. it was a
1: good fight scene but it was just really short yeah and and
0: she doesn't show up she doesn't she's not in the rest of the movie
1: well and the thing is is they gave her one of those did they die like Uh, i mean she she fell into a big exploding area like you'd think there's no way she's not dead right who knows at i mean this,
0: at the same time though i feel like that is part of an unfortunate part not but a part nonetheless of star wars tradition it is star wars tradition to make a really cool badass secondary villain and then just you know like listen yeah. to boba fett darth maul jango fett darth uh no that fucking general grievous Yeah. That has happened in every Star Wars movie. Yep. So, like, the fact that it happened here, some people are getting pissed about it. And, yeah, I guess I'm a little disappointed about it. But when you think about it, it really fits (laughs) almost perfectly. I
1: mean, Darth Maul at least got a really extended lightsaber battle. with, with And Grievous
0: got his big, long fight. And Jango got to be a badass all throughout Attack of the Clones. Yeah. He's literally one of the best parts of that movie. Yeah. So the fact that she got shortchanged, that's fine. Um, she was really the only big major character to get shortchanged. Although I will mention, poor went out for Admiral Akbar. Just, yeah. just, like, the fact that they wipe out all of the main leadership of the resistance like that was like, wow. Yeah. Like, it was, it,
1: the resistance gets the shit kicked out of it in this
0: movie. There's only, like, 20 people left.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think also, you know, one could argue that Snoke gets a little shortchanged. But I like it. No, I I liked what they did. I didn't have issues with it. But if we're talking about people that you could potentially say were shortchanged. Sure. He's that man on the wall the whole first movie. Uh And then this one, you finally get to meet him. And... He shows a little bit of his power and he's that kind of uh, thing. He's
0: overpowered as fuck. Yeah, like he is like just tossing people around. Yeah, force lightning's people flipping, fucking around with Ray. Yeah, like he's super overpowered.
1: Yeah, because I mean we're we're building up that Kylo and and Ray are these super powerful like like they've basically been equating it to like. Similar power to what Vader had. Sure. You know, Anakin had when sure. he was younger. And like Snoke is tossing him around like like nothing. But little kids. Like nothing.
0: Know? So I actually really like this part because if you think about it, like again, one of the biggest complaints that I see and we'll kind of talk about this a little bit more, but but the critics obviously love this film. on Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty much everybody's enjoying it. Everybody's got a little bit of issue with it. Like, everybody's saying it was a little bit overlong and and whatever. But the audience reaction has been decidedly mixed. And I've seen a lot of the Star Wars nerds on the internet talking about how they were mad that Snoke was wasted. And... I don't think Snoke was wasted. I think Snoke... Number one, when you go back to the original trilogy, nobody knew anything about the Emperor. He was just an evil dude. Yeah. We didn't know about the Emperor until George made his prequels. And I thought we all hated the prequels. I thought that's what everybody yeah. talked about, yeah. you know? And so the prequels are what gave us Palpatine's journey. He didn't even have the name Palpatine in the original. He was just the Emperor, yeah. He was just an evil dude. And that's literally what Snoke is. He's just the most evil dude, yeah. right? And in the original trilogy, there was no emperor in Star Wars. There was only a little bit of the emperor's glowing face in Empire, and yeah. then the empire showed up and, re- and then the emperor showed up in Return of the Jedi. I feel like this is basically almost mimicking that, except like instead
1: of Darth Vader killing the emperor for good, yeah. Kylo kills Snoke for evil. Well, and I think the other thing is, and that's the that's that's a good debate too. Is did Kylo kill Snoke to basically take his place because I he wanted think the power? So, yeah. Did he? But did he also do it in a way to defend Rey because he felt like Rey he could turn Rey. From that standpoint. Cause, sure. Because if Ray's going to end up being his biggest antagonist. Right. Like, why wouldn't she let Snoke off her right. and then kill him?
0: Well, because, I mean, they talk about how they saw visions of each other. Yeah.
1: Right? Yep. And
0: she was so convinced that she could save him. But he was so convinced that they would be leading together side by side.
1: Well, and the question, too, with, with, with Kylo, too, and I know we're kind of jumping all over here, is... Yeah. Um is he doing all of this like with this clouded view of like out with the old in with the new like this world just needs to be whitewashed yeah. and like we're the ones that are there to do it he's the ultimate millennial like fuck old people like i don't i don't i think he you know has this disenchanted view of like everything else because of his history um i don't think he's like your traditional like bad guy no he's not that's the best part at least to me like
0: he he is number one i feel like this is star wars made by millennials (laughs) i think one of the big and and i don't know if i think that that's a good thing or a bad thing but i think in this film there are a lot of different elements in this film that make it seem like millennials made this movie in a big bad way Um, just, there's a, there's a lot of stuff in here, but Kylo is one of the most, um, obvious ones because he is not willing to listen to the way it used to be done. I don't care about the way that it used to be done. I don't care about this apprentice bullshit. I just graduated from college and I want to be vice president of a fortune 500 company. I didn't put in the work. But I'm fucking running the show now. I'm taking you out, old man. I don't need you. If I can see a moment, if I can see an in, you're done. Yeah. Right? And that's what Vader wanted Luke to do. Vader, remember, Vader was like, join me, Luke. Then we can take out the Emperor and we can run the galaxy as father and son. Right? But Luke was always trying to pull at the good. Kylo, I feel like, has gotten rid of all the good. And I feel like that's really exciting. At least I hope they do because I personally do not give a fuck about saving Kylo Ren's soul. He's the bad, bad dude in the galaxy, and I want to see him go down.
1: Yeah. Well, I think he. I think it also kind of plays into like while I I can, I can see the millennial like comparisons and that it also so many it also reminds me though of all those movies that have made have been made of like like we're gonna release a plague to like purify the world because everybody's ruining it you know like things like that like uh there's a lot of movies where they're like we're gonna take out a bunch of people because right Otherwise, this world's gonna end, type of thing. Yeah, and things well, like that.
0: I mean, that's what Kylo feels like. Kylo feels like a ninety-nine percenter. Yeah. Um, in the sense that we're gonna take out the First Order, we're gonna take out the Resistance, we're gonna build this world how we want it to, because all these old bastards, all they've done is screw it up. Think about it. In the same way, and there's, I, I, I can't help but think about how millennials think about old people now. Oh, you screwed up our environment. Oh, you screwed up our housing program. Oh, you screwed... Oh, we get student load programs. Oh, this is all because the previous generations fucked us over. Like, I feel a lot of that in this movie because this movie doesn't give a f- damn about your nostalgia. It doesn't give a damn about your warm, fuzzy feelings, you know? It gives you a Luke that is
1: disenchanted, who is grumpy who So do you think that Force combination of Force Awakens and Last Jedi take away your happy ending from Return of the Jedi? I like, don't know, dude. I'm like concerned. S-
0: I still stand by the fact that and this is a whole other conversation that we can get into, but serialized storytelling, just storytelling where we're just getting to the next episode. Right, because that's essentially what a lot of big franchises have become. A lot of big franchises have become episodic, very much like huge two-hour episodes of television. Right, and if you've watched any TV show that spun its wheels in its last few seasons, you know that if you're telling a story without an end, then there's going to be a point where you're—it's just bullshit. Jumping the shark. When Fonzie jumped the shark on on, on water skis. We're done. Happy days should be over. But instead, they made the equivalent of like four more sequels. So I do stand by my my idea that this does rob some of the happy ending of Return of the Jedi. I think Return of the Jedi gave our heroes their happily ever after. And that's how stories used to be told. And they lived happily ever after. You didn't get another sequel. You didn't get another prequel. You didn't get the untold story. And they lived happily ever after. So
1: would you have preferred this third trilogy in this sequence to not have Luke, Leia, Han?
0: I don't know, man. I I think maybe, maybe I would have preferred it had Luke, Leia, and Han. But maybe I would have preferred that it showed them fucking happy. Like they lived a full life. But there's always
1: going to be the struggle of good versus, you know, good versus evil. Yeah, we wouldn't have three other movies. Like, otherwise, we're not just going to make, like, a rom-com after, you know, six episodes of Star Wars, (laughs) like, just to show, like.
0: I don't know that I want a rom-com, but, like, like, it feels like from Return of the Jedi to The Force Awakens, all this bad shit happened, and we don't get to see any of it. And I feel like that's, you know, I mean, granted, that's just the nature of storytelling. The same thing happened between Episode 3 and Episode 4, technically, even though they were told out of chronological order. I feel maybe, maybe, and I'm just throwing it out here, I'm just spitballing, but, like, why not start The Force Awakens with Han and Leia, you know, Han living the cushy life. And Leia being, you know, a senator or or even the leader of the Republic. And Luke is running his Jedi school. Like, why couldn't everything have been nice? And then things get fucked up. Like, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know. But I know when you look at that final shot of Return of the Jedi, that everybody's happy. I know that you look at that final shot now and you can't help but look at it with just a little bit of sadness. Because we know... That Han's gonna get killed by his own fucking son. We know the the that Luke is gonna go through what Luke went through, and and essentially, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I. And that's the crazy thing is I don't know if you can say that Luke dies in this film, or Luke becomes one with the Force in this film. There's a lot of unanswered questions, and it's the middle part of a trilogy, as you said. Yeah. But you can't help like watch Return of the Jedi again, like and be like, well, this isn't.
1: I'll be perfectly happy.
0: Nothing gold nothing gold can stay, which is fine for life. I mean, yeah, life sucks and then you die. But in my in my Star Wars saga films, I don't want to see that. I want the heroes to win and I want the good guys to lose. And when you when you make more movies, You have to keep introducing conflict, which means that the heroes can never truly win and the bad and evil will never truly lose. And yeah, that's how it exists in the world. But that sucks. Yeah. I want to.
1: You, you love the show Twenty Four, and every there's always a a big tragedy coming up. And, a big yeah, issue and, even, that and Jack's gotta solve. And even then, like when like Jack's gonna
0: give himself up to the Chinese, that's not a fucking happy ending. Like that's a poignant ending. But it's not a happy ending, <laughs> and that's a whole different scenario, dude. That is twenty-four. Comparing twenty-four to Star Wars is a stretch.
1: So I, I don't know. I th- I think I I don't know. What, one one re- rejection of because you know one thing that's been interesting is that you talked about how a lot of people don't like the prequels. Um, I thought we I, I thought we all hated the prequels. But <laughs> traditionally. I don't even mind even, them. even with their issues, we've kept them as canon. We haven't got really to. rejected much of them. Got to. But there was something that they got away from, and I don't know if you really noticed it. Uh, there was an article that that was posted that I read about it, which I really enjoyed. Uh huh. Um, but it talked about how one of the one of the things that kind of in hindsight that a lot of people didn't really like about the the prequels was how they handled the Force. Sure. Right? So do you if you remember in the four in the prequels, what was the thing they talked about with Anakin? Midi-chlorians. midi yeah. right? So yeah. that was what made Anakin so That's powerful. That's what gave people the That's, power.
0: Oh, you have a high midi-chlorian they, count. They
1: said he had a higher count than Master Yoda. Like right. that was the highest they had seen since Master Yoda. They quantified Yoda. it. Yeah, so they quantified it. So it was like let's get a blood sample and check your 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 midi-chlorian midi count, right? Like, And to me, that always seemed a little weird. Like, yeah, well, especially because it always put like certain people in boxes. Like, you either had them or you didn't. Right. Like, there was no like in the four, five, six. Like while there was, it seemed more like a life force or like a spiritual. That's how type Obi Wan
0: explained it. The force is it binds all living things. It's something that the force is a, is a power that exists in all living things and it binds the universe together. But, it's basically like a, a, a an aura or yeah. or a chi or it's really based as the original Star Wars was on Asian and and Eastern philosophy and yeah. mysticism.
1: Yeah, but then in the prequels they went and decided that it was going to be like a, like a right health thing. Like right, you hit ha- you either had it or you didn't. Well, you did. got a high white Check-
0: blood cell count. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, but I felt like this movie got away from that. Like, yeah, even even with Yoda coming back, yeah, and, which was great. Yeah. Loved it. And I love that he was a puppet again. Yeah, so, loved it. Um, but even with him coming back and and telling Luke basically like. You're taking you're taking this text, this Jedi text too serious. Exactly. Like it's like the you're... old Pope coming back and telling the new Pope to like stop reading the Dead Sea Scrolls, asshole,
0: and start living in the moment.
1: Yeah. Like stop taking it verbatim and like look for like what it's supposed to mean. Right. You know, like right. that kind of thing. Right.
0: Which I feel ties back into my more that this is a Star Wars movie made by millennials because it's basically a complete and total rejection of the organized religion that the Jedi and Sith were. Sure. Um because listen, I totally agree and I think Luke says it. I think one of the bi- one of my biggest issues with the prequel trilogy is that they make the Jedi order look like a bunch of dickheads. Like they're assholes. Like, that, like the the uh, hubris is the word that Luke uses in the film. Right, yeah, And it's what was the downfall of the Jedi Order and it was what was his downfall, as he says. And I think the perfect embodiment of that is that, do you remember that fucking librarian in Attack of the Clones when Obi-Wan is looking for a system and he's like, this system should be right here. And he's and sh- and that bitch is like, if it's not in our library, then it doesn't exist. Like, just haughty-totty. Yeah. And that always rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> and that always, like that was always the picturesque perfect version of why the jedi sucked is they were so up their own ass about being jedi that they caused their own downfall essentially and i feel like this movie reiterates that now i just happen to agree with that particular standpoint but i feel like that ties in to again the, sort of the millennial younger people outlook on organized religion in general because sure. young people in, in this world now where I think are rejecting organized religion a lot more and embracing individual faith a lot more and that's a way more complex conversation sure, sure. but I feel like that ties back into my theory that this is a star wars movie made by millennials and I have <laughs> more evidence against that um that maybe maybe we'll get to but be, if if we don't I just want to say it the entire canto bite uh Sequence the entire uh, casino yeah. that they go to, which was amazing. That's yeah. basically this version, this film's version of the cantina scene. Yep. one percenters, fuck them! Like they're the worst. Like that's <laughs> your that's your ninety nine percenters right there. Like the super rich, fuck them. They're the worst. Now it does have interesting things to say about like war profiteering. Like this, how did this guy get rich? Oh, he sure. sold he sold weapons to the first order. Boop. Oh, Annie sold them to the resistance. Yeah, like that's how this guy got rich. Like there's there's huge commentary about the wealthy and and all of that and the versus the downtrodden. That is uh, like the see, ultimate millennial message. See,
1: but I feel like you're also trying to make you're viewing this with a millennial lens from that standpoint. I think I'd be viewing if, it. If we go back to all movies, you're going to have some resemblance of like the rich versus poor, like these aren't new themes, like organized just in the back in the day, it was like government versus, you know, like that, Right. like these aren't like new concepts, just millennials make them, you're making it more special than what it needs to be. And you're drawing the lens more to, uh, like this generation and things going on today, which is what we do. We, we, it's always going to go like, that's why for the longest time, who were the bad guys? They were German Nazis. Like it's always <laughs> your your films always going to reflect the current times because sure. that's the lens that people are viewing the world through. I guess, but I I don't know. Maybe maybe maybe
0: it's just because it's. It, I mean, yeah, it's pretty obvious. There, it's pretty at least to me, it's pretty obvious. You know, like the same thing with Luke. Like Ray just essentially like comes to Luke for help and then spends the entire film like practically not listening to him. Despite the fact that he's not willing to help at all
1: for yeah. the most part well let's uh let's keep moving let's uh let's talk about some of our favorite things yeah so let's get it let us I mean, get to some positives here
0: well and and here's the thing is is yeah we've been talking for the last 20 20 minutes or so. About quote unquote issues with, with, that we had with the film. By no means did this like derail my enjoyment of the film. Like I, I loved everything that's happening here. And even even though like I say like oh it's millennial Star Wars like that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like that makes the character of Kylo Ren interesting. That makes some of these decisions that are being made and some of the commentary that's being made interesting like that's what makes i love like going back to what we love i and i might be i might be one of the few here i love the mutiny storyline i love the idea that poe is doesn't trust this new admiral like thinks that her plan is horseshit i i I, I, impose defense admiral holdo doesn't tell anybody shit which i feel like is terrible leadership
1: See, but I think it's one of those things where if if she was to tell yeah. someone like Poe would have tried to say, No, there's there's gotta be another way. Right. Or there's something else that we gotta do. Right. Like and he already has proved that he'll go off the reservation and and uh uh-huh. if you don't listen to what he has to say, he'll go and do it anyways. Uh-huh. Like he did that multiple times in this. So from that standpoint, I think She's right in I'm not gonna tell everybody because some people may not be game with this. Sure. Like
0: and this is not
1: like I mean it is a
0: democracy, but it's this is a military operation.
1: Yeah, and it's her job, her job to make sure everything goes as it should. Right. And look, we're in a chase scene, we're running out of fuel. Not like we're gonna suddenly find some fuel floating around right in space. Right. So we're on a ticking time bomb and you know, while she doesn't know the whole thing, and and that would be something I'd put on Poe too, is Poe doesn't share with her either that, you know, there may be another way to disable the tracking. So he doesn't even give her that opportunity to evaluate whether that's a plausible plan. That's a good point. So, I mean, from that standpoint, I think, um, you know, there's a good battle. But for me, some of my favorites are um i love all the dialogue with benicio like i said i've already said like yeah i'm a sucker for for benicio like Uh i love all the little things like Uh, when he's talking
0: to bb8 and he's just like i stole this ship yeah we stole this ship yeah like things like like, things like that were really great he
1: just brings so much fun to a character like you said like his little stutter that he he does Uh with it Uh uh and things like that i enjoyed that um which one was your favorite fight scene, like of all the action Man, scenes? Like,
0: dude, there are so like I mentioned, like that whole bombing run against the dreadnought at the beginning of the film is so well done with the button and the bombs and the way Poe is just the baddest pilot in the galaxy. It's so good, but then when when Kylo kills Snoke and everything goes to shit. That fight is amazing. Yeah, that
1: lightsaber scene is pretty, and that that was a change too from traditionally all the guards, stormtroopers, unnamed protectors yeah. on the dark side have always been pretty much inept. Yeah, like they if don't, they don't if they don't give you a name, you're usually just easy. to You're just a Praetorian guards. Like no, these were like
0: badasses.
1: Badass guards with that, badass
0: weapons. Yeah.
1: So that scene was really great. Ugh. I think I think that With was the
0: way that the, the red cloak caught on fire yeah. and started burning around them and everything.
1: Well, and I and I Ugh. like and I like too that visually it was amazing. I like too that we steered clear from like every Star Wars has always had like a one V one lightsaber battle. Or
0: like a two on one or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And so I like that we went a little bit di- different direction. The uh-huh. only big lightsaber battle that we had, we had the little one with Luke and and Kylo on the battlefield, but that right. was Wasn't, not really not... what we thought it was. No, but that was still yeah. great. Yeah, it was still great. Um, but I like that we we switched things up a little bit and still got that really good lightsaber battle. Yeah, without it being a traditional like two guys run around a giant set. Right. You know, doing flips and jumping and trying to attack each other. So well,
0: and it was all done in one wide shot. Yeah. Not the whole thing, but like the beginning of it was all one wide shot. That's all just choreography. Yeah. And it's oh man, it was good. But I will say that Luke walking out and Kylo being like, I want every gun that we have to fire on that man. Yeah. And then and granted, you know, obviously Luke being able to project himself be, by be basically creating a force ghost of himself on another planet yeah. was was the reveal. But that whole sequence was amazing because to me it showed that Luke was more powerful in the force than anyone ever before him.
1: See, and here's, here's my thing. The, if I had a little bit of an issue and not jumping back to issues, but... Um as we're talking through more and more of these scenes. Right. I feel like the force, like we said, it's kind of taken a journey through the films. Like yeah. more and more has been revealed. I feel like in the first 3 movies, like the force seemed like it was this spiritual thing that allowed people to have these powers like right. you know, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Right. Um you had light, you know, choking people, yep. lightning, lifting the thing out of the swamp Uh you know like um you had all these different ways that it kind of showed itself now we're getting into some pretty crazy things like i can project my you know if you're really powerful you can project yourself on a whole nother planet and and be able to do that even with snoke you can plant like interactions in people's like you can make people interact with each other you can build that bridge in the forest like how did snoke plant that seed in ray when he had never met ray i guess technically they're saying it was through kylo ren and right. that interaction that kylo had had that connection with 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 ray so like and then the only force use that i was a little little turned off on yeah was like space leia was superman leia like so- just suddenly waking up like looking like she was frozen from Going into space, which you'd think going into space without some kind of mask or something would kill you. Would hurt you. And suddenly, eyes open, and it's one arm, like, still looking almost frozen, like, takes me to the door, and we let her in. I
0: I was into that. I was literally—I knew that was going to happen, obviously. I knew, and we got to talk about that, by the way. (laughs) Um, I kind of was like, ooh, the whole theater thinks they just killed off Leia. Yeah. Like, right, and I'm like, ooh, this is interesting, but well, I know what's going to happen.
1: Well, and we talked about going into it, what are they going to do with Leia? Yeah, like, Because so... Carrie Fisher died, so... And we talked about how it wouldn't really be right to, like, just punk Leia and... Right. And have her just never show up again. Right. Like, go off on a ship and never come back. Um, So you kind of felt like maybe they're going to give her, like, a death... In the battle, yeah. from that standpoint, I am super interested to see what
0: they do with Leia. I mean, she's Carrie Fisher's gone. Yeah, the rebellion's down to twenty people.
1: Yeah, like, it's not like you can just remove her from there because she's the only real leader. I mean, you have Poe, right? Who I would say is a leader, right? You got, you know, I don't re- know her name. Some other the, the girl that kept showing up, yeah, like the one that stood and talked to everybody with when you thought Leia and all yeah. of them were dead, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not like a whole lot to the resistance. So it's like, either you're just got going to have her, she's going to, you're going to do something really brief with her. I don't know. You're going to die
0: off. She's going to die off screen? Like I, we've already talked about it before. It's super interesting. A lot of unanswered questions, but, but I really liked, I, I, and again, another thing that I liked is Poe's journey from being the guy who we got to attack, we got to blow it up. We got to kill him. We got to stop him. To being the guy who recognizes that sometimes like survival is more important. Yeah. Um and I think that was like the same thing with like Finn and Rose when Finn's making that run at the cannon. Yeah. And Rose saves him. Like that's the whole point is like, you know, sometimes surviving is the victory. Yeah. You know, kind of like Dunkirk. Yeah. Uh sometimes surviving's the victory.
1: Well, well, and one thing too, I think, you know, unanswered question, we're gonna go long on this. Oh, we're definitely podcast. going long. It's it's Star Wars, so it's going to yeah, go long. So this is going to be long one. Um, but one of the other things that they Strap kind of in. opened the the door at the end. Did you see it? And maybe I I the books. No, did you see what happened? It's towards the very end. So okay. like when we're on the casino planet, right? Okay. Um, you've got the stable kids, right? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Did he, yeah, he did. get the broom with the He used the force? The force to get the broom. Here's okay.
0: my other this okay. Go continue finish your thoughts. So
1: what we're we're getting into, and I know I'm stealing a little bit of your thunder because this is your 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 line, but like I said, in the past we always had, you know, you had the minichlorians uh-huh. and like uh the cho- Jedi, you had the
0: chosen ones. But it
1: was almost like the Force was almost hereditary to some point. Sure. Like, like it was
0: bloodline related and stuff.
1: Like that was the whole reason Obi went to go find Luke uh-huh. to some point because Luke was the son of Anakin. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, Leia has always kind of low-key had she, the Force. She has that in her blood. It's in her blood. Yeah. So,
0: And that was big, people's big question with Rey Ooh, she's got, she's a super heavy force user. Is she going to be related to Obi-Wan? She's got to be related you know? to one of these characters, so, right?
1: So, like, you're kind of thinking, like, okay, like, everybody's got to be tied to some way to, like, these Jedi we've had. But in Force Awakens, it talked about how basically Kylo went and killed all the remaining right Jedi or people Right.
0: Which isn't true because they changed that in this movie with a single line. Did you hear that? I did. When Luke's like he took a handful of my students and left. Yeah. Like, oh
1: Yeah, so that was a little interesting. Interesting. Um but then at the end, like you start seeing like people and you see like the little stable kid kid like the little thing with the
0: broom they're playing with a luke skywalker action figure which sounds dumb it's not an actual action figure it's one that like if you heard about legends and stuff and you made your
1: own yeah superman homemade homemade toys and
0: they're telling the story of luke and the resistance and fighting evil and whatnot and then the shitty stable master comes in tells him to get back to work he goes outside he force pulls the broom to him very subtle if you don't notice it.
1: Yeah, if you're not paying real attention to it, it you could just think could that he just picked up the broom. You easily miss
0: it. And then he holds the broom like a lightsaber Yeah, and has the resistance ring and is looking up to the stars. And this is yet another example of why I think this is Star Wars for millennials <laughs> because everybody's special, David. Anybody can be special. Anybody can be special, which... I am not against because going all the way back to the original Star Wars, midi chlorians are a force that binds all living things. So it, or not midi but the force yeah. is what binds all living things. So it makes absolute sense that there are more force. I mean, uh, uh, what's your name, Maz Kanata? You know, who's in this mm-hmm. for a very, very brief moment? She's force sensitive. Yep. She's just some alien. You know, uh, Ray. As it turns out, allegedly. One of the biggest questions that everybody had answered.
1: It's just an orphan from yeah. two meaningless people.
0: And that's amazing to me. What's amazing to me is that Disney made this movie. Disney. The all-powerful. Our new overlord, Disney, made this movie. And The Force Awakens was so successful because it built upon nostalgia and because it was basically a remake of A New Hope. And this movie took all those questions that people asked and they were basically like fuck you it doesn't matter it doesn't matter where she came from it doesn't matter who snoke is like because and and i think that's really interesting for ray because she literally came from nowhere you know and that's well, i mean that's how things happen sometimes
1: well and i think that's where i think a lot of people are kind of thinking like there's so many unanswered questions to this this movie like okay she came from nothing but like, how does she have the force? And like, force did of, she really come from? Because this it awakened. Ky- but this is the thing: it's Kylo saying he saw your parent, he saw her parents, right? right? That's they the were person. Just a couple
0: of drunk junkers who sold you for a drink. They're
1: dead in a graveyard. But somewhere. It, the thing is, is they did leave the door open for like, is that Kylo trying to Fucking manipulate her, her sure. so she joins him? Like is that him playing mind games? Also the person that put those visions in his head, technically we were told was Snoke. Right. Like he was the one that connected them. He was the one that showed them what they saw. Sure. Like he makes the comment. You think, you think you, you saw visions of being able to turn. Right. Kylo. Right. Like So like that may not even be true. Like all right. the whole thing about Ray being from, you know, Drunk space junkers, sure, you know, like that kind sure. of thing. Sure,
0: sure. I think we're getting into the point where we are such a, a we are a society and we are a film-watching society. We we consume so much. And we are so used to breadcrumbs being put out there for us um, in terms of, oh, there's little mysteries that need to get solved. I mean, lo- basically it's lost. Yeah. So it goes all the way back to J.J. J. Abrams yet again. <laughs> You know, there's all these breadcrumbs that need to be solved. And that's what's super interesting to me because J.J. put out all these breadcrumbs. And then Ryan Johnson just came in and said, fuck your breadcrumbs. It doesn't matter.
1: Right? See, and now th-
0: J.J.'s coming back.
1: But I think there was still some breadcrumbs and things in there. Uh, A
0: little bit. Like the fact that um, especially if you look at like the visual dictionary, mm-hmm. Snoke bears an awful interesting resemblance to the medallion of the, the quote unquote first Jedi yeah. that's on that
1: island. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. Well, you know? and then
1: you've got things like and I know this was probably more nostalgia. Like people talked about it was like the substitute for Han. But you had the dice from the Millennium Falcon. Right. That Luke grabs um, and then gives to Leia uh-huh. somehow through a vision, which.
0: Well, they're well, remember Leia's force sensitive, too. So if she if he could have any interaction, like physical interaction with anybody. I know. But how did the dice him, so. get there? They were a projection, because remember they disappeared when Luke disappeared, or after Luke disappeared.
1: But remember, Kylo, remember, Luke gets him from Luke
0: gets him from the Falcon, takes him off yep. the Falcon, so he's got him on him. Yes, right. So he shows up to create yep. uh, his vision. He's a he's a, a projection. Yeah, right. He gives the dice to Leia to show like some type of like, I know we lost Han. I'm sorry. I love you. Here's like a gesture. well, no one
1: ever's. No one's ever fully gone, is what he says. Right, no one's ever and fully hands gone. And he hands her the dice.
0: Right, but then again, when Luke disappears and Kylo's walking through the base, he sees the dice, and he picks yeah. them up, and then they disappear. Did
1: Do you they remember disappear? That? I yeah, don't they remember disappear. they disappearing.
0: Yeah, they disappear. Um, so it was just a projection.
1: But how, that was where I was a little confused, because how are they still being projected if Luke is technically gone?
0: Well, they Luke wasn't I don't fucking know, man. I don't know how the Force works. Like Luke wasn't Luke hadn't become one with the Force yet. Like he was still on the island and he was
1: still I I I guess we got to go back and watch it cuz I thought I thought he disappeared prior to Kylo going and picking up the dice. No, I'm pretty sure it happened.
0: I'm pretty sure he disappeared and then the dice disappeared. All right, I'm all pretty right. sure. Okay. Right? But it's little shit like that that people are gonna latch on to.
1: Yeah. And and well, and, because we're always wanting to we're we're used to, like you said. Right. We're used to things being teased in franchises, things to be teasers to what comes next. Sure. Um you know, Marvel does it all the time. They right. they give you a tiny little hint about who's the next hero or who's the next bad uh-huh. guy or, you know, who's well, gonna and, show up and, and things like that. And Everything
0: is so jam-packed with detail. Like do you remember in like the second Iron Man when or no, like the first Iron Man, like Captain America's Shield is in the background of Tony Stark's shop. And it's just hiding there. And nobody's going to say anything about it. But it's up to the eagle-eyed viewer to pick it out. So now we have become attuned as viewers to look everywhere. Look yeah. in the background. Look here. Look look there.
1: But that's the big difference with Star Wars is Marvel has all these comics that have been written. Sure. This deep history. Sure. You've got 45 100 comics of, you know, (laughs) one of these characters and someone making a movie on them could pick one page from one comic and use that. And there's enough nerds out there that would be like, oh my gosh, that's from page 79 of, you know, that kind of thing. Star Wars doesn't have that. Yes, people wrote books and some things and there's a little bit of, you know, history and pictures and things like that. Uh But it doesn't have like... Pages and pages and pages. Remember, like this was so controlled by Lucas for so long. Sure. That there's not all these like other storylines, really, that you could plant a little seed in there. Like the seeds that you plant, people aren't gonna know that they were seeds until the next movie comes out and you can look back in hindsight and be like, Oh, they teased that in the last Right,
0: exactly. But that's what people are trying to do, is they're they're looking for details that instead of with Marvel and saying, Aha, that um, that symbol is from page 22, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Instead of having that reference, people are like, that's a symbol. That symbol means something. Maybe that symbol's going to mean something. Yes. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Yeah. Like, what does this mean? What does that mean? And they're asking all these questions. And then when they don't get those questions answered in a way that, like, they find fulfilling, then they give a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I feel like, you know, people need to chill out with that, you know. I've I've also seen a ton of people who are just getting into fights over this movie. Like, this is the craziest thing, and this is the thing that we always try and um, kind of put out with the popcorn diet. One of our core philosophies is that even though you and I, David, will get into a a very spirited debate about certain things, and even though we may have disagreements about certain things, we always respect each other's opinions because that's all they are, is their opinions, right? When you watch a movie, movies are relative. Movies are subjective. People can go into this movie and they can feel completely betrayed. And many people have, it feels like, or it seems like. And they can come out and they can be raging about this movie all they want. Um, and then you can have other people coming out of this movie and they're absolutely in love with it. And the biggest problem that I'm seeing is that those two sides can't accept the other side at all. They're all interested in telling the other side that they're wrong. And I feel like that is the least Star Wars thing. Like, that is the least Star Wars thing. Because, you know, this movie makes makes some hard decisions. Yeah. You know, like we said, like they kill Admiral, Admiral Akbar like nothing. Yeah. You know, and they turn Luke from the ultimate Jedi Master into a crotchety old man until he becomes a fucking Jedi Master again. Yeah. Um, you know, they do things that's unexpected and people sometimes react to that negatively.
1: Well and I and I loved you know, there's lots of things in there, and I think to me, what makes this movie so successful is that it does force a lot of questions and people won't like that sure but like for me there's something about a movie that lots of people can take in different ways yeah and i like that when there's still a movie to come i hate it when that's true you have nothing more to come but we know there's so got, much more to yeah. come from star wars that i'm excited about the future absolutely yes they left me hanging in some areas and i would have liked things areas. maybe done a little bit different, but I like that there's so many more stories to tell. Right. And that's what gets me pumped that Disney does have Star Wars is that, you know, forever we thought George Lucas was just gonna sit on Star Wars forever. Right. And we were never gonna get Star Wars again. And that's why we... Force Awakens made all the money, in, all the the money world. in the world. Um and so that's what I'm excited about. But um, before we go into like a two-hour podcast yes. on this, there's going to be questions more. we didn't talk about. Couple,
0: there's a lot we didn't talk about. But well, we got a who, more who do you think
1: the winners are from this film? Who would I'm you gonna, say are the people that came out of this movie? And we're just looking at it from who won this, sure. this film. All right, I
0: got three. Right. I, I got, uh, as I said before, I have Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron. Not only the actor, but the character. Again, I feel like the character went from that – cocky flyboy boy to somebody who recognizes like when a victory a victory can be made in retreat um adam driver kylo ren um i'm i'm so interested to see what happens with kylo ren and yet at the same time i want no redemption for him at all
1: i don't give a you don't fuck. want ben solo back? i
0: do not give a fuck about him coming to the light side he murdered han solo I don't give a fuck. You don't get to come back from that. You're done. <laughs> I want to see him go down. I want to see him get taken out.
1: Um Do you and, want him to Do you wanna see you want more buildup though? You want him to get more evil. Oh hell you yeah. You want him to kill more people. Yes. Like, which is why you lo- get the payout. Which is
0: why I love when he killed Snoke that he's just like, I'm the supreme leader now. You bow to me. And he's fucking choking Hux. I
1: I, I will say I love Hux. Like Hux, Hux is, is fantastic. the perfect. He's the perfect Empire general yes. that we got used to of like that inept one that like Vader just tortured. Yes. And like
0: he's so good. He's for for all that, and and I'll mention my third one in a second. But Domhnall, uh, uh Gleeson needs a little shout out because for as like. Overpowered as Snoke is and as crazy Kylo is, Domhnall Gleeson is, like, hilariously evil. Like, just in a sniveling, like, fire on them! Fire (laughs) the cannons! Like, it's so enjoyable. Like, I
1: love it. it. He plays the bad guy so well. And he also plays, like, that arrogance of, like, like, his relationship with Kylo. yeah um just that kind of carries over from like sort of people's view of kylo and the force awakens uh-huh. in that like he's not vader like no people don't look at kylo as vader no. like um they look at snoke like the emperor in <laughs> right, a lot of ways right. but they don't look like kylo as as vader so right. like he thinks like he's in front of kylo like he thinks like he can tell Kylo what to do. Right. And which Kylo then changes. just
0: grabs him and throws him against the side of the of the ship or yeah. whatever. <laughs> um so Dom Gleason's great. But my last one's Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker as a big winner because you know, we you know, we didn't even I mean, Hamill's been working for a long time. We know he's perfectly capable, but I don't think a lot of people weren't weren't sure maybe like we're bringing Mark Hamill back. Well, Mark Hamill wasn't necessarily the greatest actor back back in the day. He is amazing in this movie. He goes through such a journey from where he was to where he is to where he winds up being that is just so good. And you can just see, like, the fear and the sadness in his eyes. And then when he comes in at the end, he's like, I'm a fucking badass again. Like, he is so, so good in this movie. And I am so excited to see because I think Luke's coming back. I, I think there's no way Luke Skywalker is never gonna be seen or heard from again. Uh, that dude is one with the Force in a way that no one else has been one with the Force. So, I'm I'm really excited to see what could happen there. But those are my three. I got uh, I got Adam Driver, Kylo Ren. I got Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron. And I got uh, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. as my three big winners.
1: Yeah, my my winner obviously Kylo Ren one anytime you get out from underneath the thumb of your boss hell yeah you know that's a good sign uh expanded i think power's a little bit there mm-hmm. uh i do still like that he kind of he's still getting tricked and de- like he's not on top of his game just no. yet like luke still deceived him and just... everything worked out the he's the still rebels the got the rebels got out of there uh he fell for the trick Yep. You know, he came, he, they stopped shooting, they and stopped And I love that ramming. he's still
0: a petulant child. Like, he's still, like, yeah. screaming and angry. Yeah, and
1: yeah. It's but I think you look at where he was and what position he was in at the start of the film uh-huh. and where he is at the end, he's basically the supreme leader now. Like, yeah. He is he the leader of everybody there. He
0: said, Ray killed Snoke, I'm the leader now.
1: And at this point, we don't know of another dark Jedi, for lack of a better term. Right. And I don't think we'll get one. Right now, all that we know is the only dark person out there now that Snoke's gone is, is Kylo. Well, we also have the Knights
0: of Ren. Don't forget the Knights of Ren, who are, I think, the
1: other students that Kylo took I would think so too, um, but we haven't seen him. We
0: haven't seen him other than just that one little flashback that we saw in The Force Awakens.
1: Yep. So those guys, that's still a thing. Yep. So that's obviously still hanging out there. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't know that there was a lot of of winners on on the the rebellion. I
0: mean, everybody got their ass kicked.
1: There's, I think, there's I think 20 you
0: pour, rebels left.
1: I think you pour one out for for uh, uh, Holdo. Or
0: pouring out for oh, we didn't even mention that part dude. she
1: was she was great and she went out like a gangster
0: as as depleted <laughs> as the rebellion is Holdo took out like seven ships yeah with that light speed move yeah. and everyone in my theater was just like oh my god yeah you could feel it because it goes quiet and then all of a sudden it's just like yeah. Like literally eight, ten ships yeah. blasted out of space. So
1: you gotta, while she died in the process, yeah, you gotta, you gotta say out like that a she was fucking a fucking champ. Yeah. Like if you're gonna go out, that's the way that you go out. Yep. So uh, those were my two big ones. I I do think Poe, you saw him, like, Holdo and uh, Leia. Right. Both said that they really liked him. So you see him going from, like you said, just top pilot in the rebellion, right. To someone that you could see as a respected like leader within sure. the rebellion. Sure. So uh those are my two winners. I'm gonna go to my losers, go and I'll it. let you go. Uh losers, I'm gonna go a little bit with with Finn. Like okay. a- after Force Awakens, like I felt like he was gonna be more involved. Right. Um, and he's kind of off on his own little. side He starts list. out in in med bay. Yeah. You know, in yeah. a pouch that's you know to, recovering from basically yeah. uh, from what the end of Force Awakens. Uh huh. Um, and you think he's going to get that um, some kind of heroes? You know, you think he's going to be more involved? Because I would argue that he's just as much the main character in Force Awakens as Ray is. Sure um and his kylo is i think those are the three main stories in in force awakens uh but he really kind of fades to like a secondary character in in this one he doesn't have quite an arc yeah he doesn't have as much going on he's
0: pretty much just finn the whole movie yeah
1: i mean you see him his connection with rose you know you got the the kiss from rose yeah that kind of thing um and that connection there, but he doesn't really like advance much in there. Like no. you thought he was gonna get the big fight with Phasma, um, and you didn't really get that. And so I think if I was disappointed in like what I got to see from a character, like Finn would be one of them. Okay. Um again, not like he had a bad, but biggest loser without a doubt, well, two, they're tied, um, <laughs> would be Snoke. I mean, you thought this was gonna be Again, I am ha- I like what they he did He literally
0: with him, is a loser.
1: But he literally lost yeah. and did not end up being what we thought. We thought, you know, we got Andy Serkis cast. Like, we're going to have – he's going to be like the new emperor, and he's going right. to be, nope. you know, reoccurring. He gets whacked an hour and a half into the film. He gets cut into several pieces. Yes. Which and, is amazing. And then Phasma. So yep. while Rebellion had their losses – the, the First Order had some, some big losses, Good too. Good point. They both kind of kicked the shit out of each That's other. That's why I think it's very much different from Empire in that I don't know that you can really say either side won or lost. Yeah. Both had some big losses, and both, I think, are going to be kind of figuring out where do we go from here. Right. Um, obviously, First Order has a lot more resources right, right now. Um, but you also have that kind of storyline that the Rebellion hinted at, like, They've got allies around the galaxy, people that say they would step up. Sure. You even have... You got all these Force kids showing up. You got Maz, who was in some fight when we saw in there. She was battling
0: some some trade dispute or something like that.
1: But she's an ally of the Resistance. So Uh like, there are allies out there for the Resistance, too. And First Order just lost the person that was leading their right. entire thing so it'll be interesting right so my
0: two losers i have captain phasma i think we've said everything we need to say about phasma although i i will contend that it does fall in the long long history of star wars tradition sure. yep. of making a badass secondary villain go out way too soon um and i'm gonna say uh maz Kanata as a loser not like literally a loser but like you have academy award winner you got lupita yeah. Like, and you have this really interesting character, and she's basically a cameo on a view screen. Yeah. Like, eh, I mean, I I understand there's a lot of characters and whatnot. Like, that's fine. But that's all we're gonna do with her. That's yeah. it. Um. Also, who the fuck was holding that camera while she's talking? Cause she's running around shooting people. Right. Does she basically have a little droid GoPro following her? Apparently. Or does she have her own cameraman or what? Cause I was thinking about that. It's not like she's talking to a console. She is running and flipping and ducking, and the camera is with her, projecting her onto the view screen. How did – what? How yeah. did that happen?
1: Yeah. Um, well, and and <laughs> one other thing that we didn't mention, and, and we're running out of time, but BB- – Oh, we've, B- r- we've ran out of time. BB-8 turns into, like, this, like, attack droid BB-8's, at some point. Like, suddenly can shoot crap out of him. And, like, he's got an endless storage inside of him. Like
0: I like BB-8 in this movie. I heard a lot that BB-8 wasn't in this movie a lot, but I really liked him a lot. I well, liked I liked that his head fell off and you got to put it back on. I liked that the little thing f- thought he was a slot machine. Yeah. That's where he got the coins We're from. Well,
1: those stupid little <laughs> things with Chewie, what are the The porgs. The porgs. Let's say let's make, just get it out make there. Make that, the, that money. The porgs yep. and evil BB-8. Could have not been in this film and you wouldn't have known. I love. But evil they BB-8. are both there to sell money, make print that, that money. Money,
0: Disney. Disney's like, you know what? We're gonna make this controversial movie, but we're gonna put porgs in it. We're gonna put evil BB-8 in it, and we're gonna make all the merchandising money. Absolutely. Hell yeah! Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Those were
1: the two most blatant yeah. money grabs in the movie. Oh like, yeah. Don't 100%. get me wrong. They both were endearing and and had some fun uh-huh. that they brought to the film. But both of them were by far done only to make money. Yep,
0: absolutely. I've and I have zero problem with it. <laughs> now let's wrap this up a little bit with a you know about where does where does Star Wars go from here? Obviously, we have some of the other films that are being made right now. We have Solo, that's getting wrapped up currently, um, and uh, that's coming out in May. So Mm -hmm. we're gonna get a trailer for that real soon, I imagine. But then we have the other offshoots that are are gonna go under production fairly soon. There's a Kenobi movie that's pretty much guaranteed to get made. Um, There's also the possibility of a Boba Fett movie Mm -hmm. being made. And then there's episode nine. And episode nine, I mean, there are still questions to be answered. Maybe they'll get answered, maybe they won't. But like, is Luke dead? is he one with the force? What what exactly happened there? Um does because remember you go all the way back. Go all the way back. Let's go all the way back for a second to episode 3 and the story of about how Darth Plagueis was able to create life. Yeah. Who's to say that Luke is not fucking immortal now?
1: Well, you know. If you want to get that crazy, what about he says no one's ever gone. Right, Maybe exactly. he can bring back Han. Anybody, <laughs> I, mean, like,
0: I mean, we could get if real crazy. We're just getting nuts. But, um, if, but at worst case scenario, I think Luke is a force ghost at worst.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, it, if you're going to take tiebacks to the original three, yeah. like the whole battle with Kylo out there screamed of Vader – Kenobi strike me down and I'll become exactly more powerful than exactly. I ever had exactly. you know like that screamed that and also
0: th- it's important to note that only three characters in the history of Star Wars have died by disappearing Kenobi Yoda and Luke yeah so there you go very interesting um like does Snoke even matter does do we even need to know about some Snoke now
1: do we need to know his storyline I don't all? I
0: mean I'm I don't care like i'm fine with the fact that they built him up as like a badass emperor dude and then kylo was just like fuck you
1: yeah to me that was just like evidence that we're not doing this like exactly
0: because where do we go in this next film now yeah like kylo killed the emperor he did what darth vader did at the very end of return of the jedi except he didn't do it for good he did it for evil so now where do we go from there and that's a big question. I've already made my opinion very clear that I don't give a fuck if Kylo Ren turns good. I want to <laughs> see him go out. How do you feel about that? Do you want to see Ben Solo return to You know, you know what? Now that
1: we know Carrie Fisher can't be a big part of this. Right. I'm all for Let's go evil. Let's go Let's whack Kylo Ren in an yes. epic way in the last movie. When there was still the possibility of like Carrie Fisher and Luke, and like potentially you could have like happy family again, right? Type of thing. Like maybe I would have been interested in it, but now that we know Carrie Fisher, there's it's impossible for her to be a major part of this next film. I'm all for let's have have him get even more evil. I'm into it. More hated. Bring his mask back. Let's get an epic, epic ending. The question I would say, let's just make a. Pure speculation to end this. Okay. Who kills Kylo? Oh,
0: dude. I was even thinking about that. I thought it would be like crazy if it was like Finn or something like that. Like that would be like, how the fuck does that even happen? Um if it's if anybody kills it's gotta be Ray. Yeah.
1: Or it could be I mean it could be Force Ghost Luke, who knows? Let's let's go this. I'll give you two two options. Okay Ray or the field. Who you
0: taking? Oh man! Oh man! Um damn. Ooh, I'm taking the field. No, 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 no. I can't do that. Oh my god, that's a hard what do you take? You take Ray, right? Or do you take the field?
1: I was gonna take the field.
0: Man, I might have to I might have to take the field. I might have to take the field. I feel like I'll take the feel. All right. Because, like, think about, like, how does Darth Vader go out? Or, like, how does the Emperor go out? Like, think about it. Like, think about how any bad guy went out. Yeah. They never went out the way you thought. Yeah. So, like, even Boba Fett. Like, how's Boba Fett go out? You know? Like, all those types of things. Um, Now, I got one last thing that I want to mention. And, yes, we're going fucking super long on this. I understand. But this movie, obviously, we're moving away from the more chosen one idea to a more, like, everyone c- could could have the force and whatever and we know that Ryan Johnson is signed on for a quote unquote new trilogy what if the new trilogy is episodes 10 11 and 12 and it's just not about these characters yeah it's all new characters but it's 10 11 and 12 in the timeline same timeline in line. the timeline yeah. yeah
1: i mean personally that was if i'm being honest that was kind of what i hoped I hoped there would be tiebacks to the old, but given the time that had expired from 4, 5, and 6 uh-huh. to 7, 8, and 9, uh-huh. I had hoped we'd have more of, it's the same world, everything that happened before this happened before it, right? but we're all new characters. Right. So I wasn't, so there's I wasn't, at all. I wasn't in the group that wanted Luke, Han, and Leia back. Like, okay. I know that probably puts me in the minority i think yes but given the fact of how old they are like like you said you had no choice but to skip a ton of years and leave a big window i would have preferred if we're gonna have to skip a bunch of time yeah let's not try and bring them back and have like you know old smoke 60 packs a day carrie fisher uh, again as great as she is and as much as i love she's carrie really fisher, great yeah she is i would have preferred to have preser- preserved their memories as they were in four five and six and just gone completely new so right. from that standpoint i would be all for a ryan johnson trilogy
0: 10, That's 11, 12. 10 11 12 no poe no finn no no ray no Luke, no Leia, no Rebellion, no First Order.
1: Yeah, and and I don't I don't mind if some of that's still going on. Sure, like to some point, like you're always gonna have good and bad, obviously, right. in any of Star Wars movie. Well, yeah. Um, but like I would be fine if like some of these people from these return. Like I would be fine if Benicio's in there. I think I've made that clear. Right. Um, and I'd be fine if you have some of these characters, but. I would like at least to, if you're going to continue this on, I don't want to continue the whole like chosen one, you know. Well, those I types think they things. made it
0: abundantly clear that that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. There's, there is but, no But I mean, you, one anymore. you still have that ability to pivot on that because we're still down to basically Kylo and. And, and Ray. Ray.
0: Well, we got JJ coming back, and JJ might do the same thing. Like, he might say, like, all this shit that R- Ryan said didn't matter. Guess what? It matters again. Snoke was the this guy, and Snoke was Ray's father. Bullshit like that. Like, it, it'll be really interesting. Yeah. JJ actually pitched his Episode 9 idea yesterday to the studio, is what I read. Um, and we obviously don't know shit about it. But, like, that's where we are in the process right now. Uh, so it's...
1: It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. What we do know is that we will get at least one Star Wars movie every year for, for the rest of our lives.
0: I mean, unless the net uh, until one Star Wars movie decides like it's not gonna make two hundred million dollars,
1: which will be never. So I
0: can't imagine. There's no. These are events. These are yearly events now.
1: But the thing is, is even if it's not gonna make two hundred million dollars on opening weekend, I mean. They're still worth it to make. Yeah, 100%. Keep cranking them out, Disney. Good job. Good job, Disney. Good job, buying Fox. I'm excited to see
0: what you do with the X-Men as well. Um, But I think that's probably a great point to end this supersized episode of The Popcorn Diet. As always, do us a favor, like, rate, subscribe wherever you follow us, wherever you listen to us, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Do us a favor and follow us. That helps us out a ton. Also, we love having conversation. We love pointing out the newest things in movies. You want to keep up on the newest trailer that's out. You want to keep up on the newest news or, or how uh, what we're doing in our everyday lives or when the newest episode is out. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. You can find all of our episodes and all of our reviews at popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, My name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy. May the force be with you, and we're going to see you next time with another good movie on the popcorn diet. Adios.